Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the incoming patch to the Menagerie Chest. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching it on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now at twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If I'm live, come on in, join the conversation. If I'm not live, you can follow the Twitch channel. If you're watching on YouTube, you can also hit the like button and the subscribe button. That helps me out. So listen, I want to talk about this. I know a lot of people are going to run to the comments and be like, well, I hope you're happy. A lot of those people didn't watch my original video about the chest glitch and the chest farm. I wanted a middle ground. I thought, you know, PC users could get anywhere from six to 10 chest opens. Console users, probably somewhere between four to six chest opens. I thought three was a healthy number. I did sort of a makeshift poll on Twitter. Twitter the other day and I was noticing a very common theme in most people talking about this that they thought three chests or three chest opens was a pretty good compromise. I was pulling for a compromise for a couple of reasons, okay? So before I get into the video, I just want to say, I didn't want this to be too rewarding and too efficient and make the rest of Destiny, both in the present and the rest of Destiny in the future, feel unrewarding and boring. That's a problem, right? When I went from grinding the Menagerie to Iron Banner, it felt like I came to a screeching halt on the reward structure and the rhythm of reward, and it wasn't very enjoyable, and you don't want some piece of outlier content, some anomalous piece of content hurting the rest of the structure. But I also also said if they have plans for more perks and more depth and more breadth in the loot table in September then this level of reward rhythm would actually be totally fine and maybe they could just dial it back a little bit with a compromise well I'm gonna read you what they said in the blog post about what's gonna happen kind of give you their reasoning so what did they say is the first start of the video second I want to talk about what I think a compromise could still be and then lastly I want to talk about the loot pool and the perks and the reason I want to still talk about compromise is a lot of people are putting out ideas that I don't think are actually good ideas with respect to the compromise so I even kind of want to talk about that so first of all what did they say this was in the weekend uh, I'm sorry this week at Bungie blog post that went up on Thursday of last week. I'm recording this on July 1st. Uh, chest runs. When Season of Opulence began, we watched as players quickly discovered a bug in how Menagerie's final chest granted rewards. Players began to race out of the area and then back to the chest as fast as they could as many to get as many rewards as possible before being sent back to Orpit. It felt reminiscent of when players were farming treasure keys from their chests on their sparrows leading up to House of Wolves. Consider this an error in your favor. We haven't rushed to fix it, but when we patch on July 9th, this loophole is officially closed, uh, allowing only one opening of the chest per completion. Until then, we invite you to take advantage of this all you like. Grow fat with strength. So, I, I, their reasoning isn't really even really present. They're basically saying... This is reminiscent of House of Wolves treasure farming. Error in your favor. Do it while you can. We're patching it on the 9th. Uh, I, I feel like maybe more dialogue should have been present in the blog post about, you know, what's your philosophy of loot drops? What's your philosophy of loot rhythm? Why on earth would you have even let this in the game to begin with? Second all, why don't you think this is a good run? Is this bad? Is this too fast? Is this too is this too rewarding? Is this going to hurt other content? Like, are is this the only piece of content that's ever going to be like this? And you think like one drop is healthy i think an actual conversation about their loot rhythm and loot drop philosophy would have been helpful because that sort of discussion i think is necessary you've you've introduced a handful of activities now that have different levels of loot intentionality and loot reward rhythm and i feel like those pieces of content are starting to become 
indictments of other pieces of content. Just today we had a good conversation about heroic strikes and nightfalls. Just that's not rewarding. Why am I getting pl- why am I getting blue gear that I have to go delete? I'm 750. I'm running a nightfall. I should be getting either a legendary every time, or the or the gun should drop every time and let me efficiently farm for the rolls in nightfalls. Same thing with virtually every other piece of the game. Once you're max level, you just shouldn't be seeing more blues than everything else. It just starts to feel like man, the rest of the game's not rewarding. And this content, as well as Ada's bounties, I think stand as a bit of an indictment over the rest of Destiny's reward structure. So I would really like insight into their philosophy going forward. They're being transparent. Bungie, let's have a conversation about where you see loot rhythm and loot drop and reward paths going. So I think that'd be really, really good. Now let's talk about the compromise. Because a lot of folks put out compromise ideas. I put out a compromise idea in my first video. A lot of people didn't even get to that because they thought I was just being a hater and trying to take away your fun. I was just trying to have healthy doses of, you know, drops and and, and healthy rhythm of drops because it felt like it was a little too high. So I think that the three drops is a really, really good compromise. You go in, you get three guns, three gauntlets, whatever. If you get lucky on the double drops, you could get, you know, on the best run of your life you could get six and then on down from there you could either get three or you could get five would be if you got one of them to be double so with you know the chances of doubles three each time i don't think would be too bad now some people said we should require a perfect run on each encounter so you would get a perfect run at let's say you know the hunted section and you fill the bar all the way and then you go to the next and you fill the bar all the way. So that's two encounters before the boss. So that would be two extra chests on top of the boss. Now, I outlined that idea in my first video as well, but I'm kind of wanting to dial that back for a few reasons. Number one, match-made teams are going to struggle with that. That's going to create toxicity and hate like, oh, you idiot, you're bad. This team's bad. This team sucks. It's supposed to have that casual entry point matchmake go in have a good time not failable get your loot get out and i think that would grate against that now if you wanted to do something in heroic so you can get three guaranteed chests in normal and as someone in chat is saying people would just constantly leave after a non-perfect run they'd be like well i'm getting the frick out of here right so if normal is three every time just three chests at the end just put them there if you want to open them you can similarly to how there's a bunch of chests on the on the on the barge on nessus you know three chests are just kind of hanging out there and then when you go into heroic you could do the chance for two additional chests if you have two perfectly good runs, which we almost did today. So you could get a total of five chests from Heroic and a guaranteed three from Normal. I think that would be a fantastic compromise. That would probably make people feel like, you know what? We could run Heroic. It doesn't take that much longer and we could get five per run instead of just three. And that way, you're able to feel that sense of difference from normal to heroic, since farming for the catalyst and the swords I don't think is a strong enough motivator, given how punishing it can be, especially when they put on blackout and extinguish. I think it can be pretty frustrating. Look, I know people run to the comments, they're like, my team did fine, I use LFG and it was fine. That doesn't necessarily deal with the criticism. The criticism that I've been giving is that it's punishing content. Punishing content should have rewards in line with it. Aspirational content like Heroic Menagerie or The Raid should just have better loot in general. Right now, the loot just isn't as good, and I believe this compromise would be one way to fix that. I like requiring us to do something for extra chests, but I would maybe reserve that for Heroic, given that that's a non-match-made activity. Okay? Alright, now, the loot pool and the perks. 
this is a longevity discussion right now like loot pool and perks are part of this discussion because if September lands and they put a bunch of new loot in the pool with the same number of perks and the same perks we have now, this level of reward structure isn't going to work. You're going to get stuff way too quickly. And I know people are like, just let people play how they want. Let people really go for the god rolls. I think a bigger discussion that's needed is that the loot pool for Menagerie supports this grind, but what about other activities? What are about you know what about raids or other activities who maybe don't have as large of a loot pool? The other thing to consider is the perk pool as well. Right now, a foundational problem with Destiny is that every time they do new content, we're basically chasing gear we kind of already have with roles that we kind of already have. And that, I believe, is a dilemma that Bungie needs to solve. What sort of elasticity are you giving the loot pool and the perk pool so future content is alluring and appealing? And second of all, if you do add lots more perks to guns and armor, then the level of reward we were getting in Menagerie is actually totally fine. Because if I have six possible perks on a gun instead of three the number of perk combinations just just went through the the roof in the stratosphere so you would want me to be able to get you know a bunch of drops every run it could really encourage that loot explosion feel of a looter where you kill a boss beat a nightfall beat a menagerie beat a raid whatever and loot's just all over the ground because you would need that in order to maximize your armor rolls your stats your perks or whatever At a ground level, they need to figure this out because loot and rolls on guns, I think, should be part of the primary chase in Destiny. I think one of the problems right now is they don't empower you to chase god rolls because the nightfall grind and the the raid grind is atrociously bad if you're looking for specific rolls on guns or armor. It just, just doesn't empower the player. And the other thing they don't do is they don't educate players about how they can farm for rolls. They can farm for different versions of guns. A lot of people hit max level and they basically think the game is over and I think this type of activity as well as the rest of the NPCs and activities in Destiny getting getting this injection of intentionality and also not on top of that getting intentionality and generosity would be a great way to show people once you're at max level once you're sort of done with leveling up which leveling is getting faster and easier as we go and i think that's a good thing that should sort of just be your entry point into the new ethos and once you're in there chasing god rolls having loot drop in your lap that should be the switch that happens to where you're like oh my gosh i'm so glad i'm max level the whole game feels different strikes nightfalls stuff like menagerie blind well and the like feels so rewarding and so intentional we're on a good path but i don't think bungie wants to come back too far from this i think a compromise on menagerie as a good framework for future content would be a really really good move if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all of my content i appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that follow my talk about the Menagerie chess patch that is incoming. I was hoping that Bungie would have done more of a compromise. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can catch me live probably right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm usually live when these hit the feeds. If I'm not live, follow the channel. And you can also hit like and subscribe on YouTube. That helps me out. I'm going to jump right into the questions. I've been doing less gameplay while I do these because it makes the questions faster, a little bit more concise. So Novahan says, Hey Lono, with Bungie stating that they are going to lean more into the RPG elements of Destiny and Shadowkeep, have you given any thought to what that could mean just for gear, but for enemy and boss encounters and mechanics? 
Man, oh man, I would love to not have a repeat of what Heroic Menagerie is. I just played it with a team. We didn't wipe, we didn't get extinguished, and I gotta tell you, I didn't think it was fun. I just, the idea of hiding and using wells and everything strong and getting one-punched by stuff, I just really don't think that's fun content. Now, I know that's my perspective, but I, I tend to think if we imagine that Let's say 25% of the community really likes to hang out in the end game and at least periodically dip their toe into raids, nightfalls, or dungeons, okay? 25%. Let's just say 25% of the community on a weekly basis ends up in some sort of end game or aspirational content. I happen to think that most of those people probably agree with me and say, I don't think delta scaling and punishing mechanics is all that fun punishing modifiers I should say not mechanics punishing punishing modifiers and delta scaling I happen to think most people just sort of like eh that's not that entertaining even the hardcore players that love it end up I think sort of shrugging at it it doesn't really challenge them they're not really doing anything they're just sort of sitting on a on a well they're just sort of coming up with the best way to stay alive and do damage Even they, I don't think, can say, oh man, I'm coming out of my skin, dude. These Delta Scales and Modifiers and Extinguish are amazing. I think they like it initially, but eventually I think they settle into a similar rhythm with the rest of us where the content just doesn't feel that exciting. I think the reason mechanical pain and dynamic encounters where you're doing lots of different things and spinning lots of plates, the reason that is preferred... And the reason that, like, even Redeem, right? Glad puts out his list on Twitter of his favorite raids, okay? Even he says Wrath is his favorite raid. There's a reason for that, right? There is far more elasticity of an encounter when there are mechanics that can be mastered as well as mechanics that can be done by, like, one person, right? Like, one person can spin all of those those plates, you see? So... That's why that's so much better because you can go in and at, a, and at an entry level, like mediocre end game player, they're like, this isn't so bad. It's not super punishing. It's actually fun. I'm going to try and get better at doing cannons. I'm going to try and get better at running the sword at Crota, doing the relic at Templar, whatever the frick, right? You're, you're going to take on that role and get better at it. And then the ceiling is high because then you have people like, Myself, who did three-man wrath runs just for the fun of it. Why? It's fun to spin those plates. It's fun to see, like, I'm going to get better at this thing. I'm going to get better at this role. You can't really get better at interacting with a Delta. It's like, stay alive. They're strong, and you're not. Like, there's not a way of being like, well, I really, really did a great job today dealing with that Delta. Okay, by doing what? You stood in a well. Good job. You tethered everything and disappeared a lot. Good job. Like, watching somebody run triple cannons at Wrath, watching somebody... Maybe somebody says King's Fall, right? Watching somebody clutch a bad King's Fall run. Like, they fall, they drop, they quickly jump back up, and they're like, oh my gosh, let's turn this around. Even in that encounter, you're mastering... You're the one getting the relic. You're the one doing fill in the blank. You're the one doing the thing. I think that gives a whole lot more room for endgame aspirational players to enjoy themselves as opposed to a static, it's just harder, they're just stronger, figure out how to endure this pain. 
that's that's kind of how I want to put it. I feel like delta scaling and really punishing modifiers, you figure out how to endure that pain. And I believe the old philosophy, you tried to become an expert at the encounter, an expert at the mechanic. You finessed the encounter. There's not really finessing when it comes to delta you know so i hope as you're saying if they're going to lean into mmo and rpg we get more into mechanics and dynamic encounters and not just saying here you go we turned up the delta and uh you get kicked to orbit and one punched i that that i don't know you know and somebody in chat saying you'd be amazed how many people uh couldn't or didn't want to run sword and crota but isn't that what you want genius thank you for five months by the way uh genius with the twitch prime resub what you just said actually adds to my argument because there are people that are like, dude, I don't want to run sword. I'm not very good at it. Get that dude over there to do it. He's actually really good at it. Get that guy to do this. Get this person to do that. Somebody died. This person's good at clutching. Come on up here and grab this thing. That I think adds more to what I'm saying because you look at a mechanic, you look at a requirement and an engagement. You're like, I'm not good at that right now. I don't want to get good at it. Let's let so-and-so do it. That's so much, that's so very different than just a Delta. Arrow Schmidt with 32 months, getting close to three years. You'd what? Excuse me, welcome back. Taffy with the next question. How would you feel about a PvE or PvP activity in the future that would allow you to not have to limit how many exotics you could equip and then return to normal outside of the activity? This idea has been put out there a handful of times. I don't think this is a good idea. Uh, because I think it just exposes people to things that then you take away and then everything feels boring. That happened in Fortnite. They had that Blitz game mode. Everybody fell in love with it, then they took Blitz away, and then people hated the pacing and the, the lack of movement and the turtling and solos and stuff. Like, you expose people to that level of intensity and that level of fun, and then you take it away. It can actually shade the normal content and make it seem boring when it really isn't boring. You just let them, you let them see too much. You let them do too much. Krios Rising. Do you think there needs to be some type of middle ground for the chest? Yeah, we, we addressed this in the talk. I think three, guaranteed three for normal, possible five in heroic. Yeah, Mayhem in PvP does that. Slaughter's right. I think Mayhem's a little bit different because you do get a little bit tired of how mindless it is because you're just sort of super trading, but it definitely makes normal Crucible feel kind of slow afterwards, but it's not the same of being able to run all exotics everywhere, you know? Forza. Do you believe Bungie should try harder to have an actual conversation with the community regarding changes to guns, activities, etc.? As of right now, they just seem to decide on a change rather than finding an actual solution to the problem. I believe they've added solutions, though, so I don't necessarily agree with your your summary here. They The issue with Ada's bounties, they offered a solution. Um, periodically, the, the nightfalls haven't rotated, so they make them rotate manually. Uh, Buddha time was six months. Thank you. That's half a year. So I think they've actually done a pretty good job meeting us and saying, here's some things you guys haven't liked. Here's what we're trying to add. I mean, they did that with the the, the chalice. So I would hope when September lands, they would say, feedback from the community on these types of activities was X, Y, and Z. Here's what we're doing with Shadow Keep to keep things in line with those expectations of the player. Leviathan. But I do want to say I'd love a conversation about their their loot drop, loot rhythm reward philosophy. Like, what's your philosophy? How much is too much? How little is too little when it comes to rewards? Because I feel like Nightfalls are out of step right now, so are raids. Leviathan says, with them taking so long to fix this, do you think lowering the time at the end would have been a better middle ground? I feel like this will ruin the playlist, taking it down to one chest. 
I feel like it, it will hurt the playlist. It'll be harder to get people in there probably because again, it's all about perception. The truth is, and nobody wants to hear this, the truth is this is still with one drop per run, the most rewarding, the most intentional grind that Destiny has ever had. Now, nobody cares because they got exposed to, you know, five to seven drops per run on average, depending if your console or PC with load screens, you know, doing your chalice every time, but people got spoiled. And then I'll realize that, like, there's literally nothing in Destiny that's that rewarding. People push back on me, and they're like, well, but Lono, who cares? If people are responding positively to that level of reward, figure out how to make it work. I do think that it's going to hurt the playlist. Now, as far as lowering the, the timer, the timer was where it was so people could go search for the lore and explore, and maybe they have puzzles in there. I don't know. Maybe there's going to be stuff that you got to do for the Lumina. Th- that the intention of the timer wasn't so you could open it multiple times. It was for other things. It just happened to give us a, bu- a ton of drops, right? Uh, magically delicious. What is the best warlock exotic aside from Luna? If you're not going to use Luna factions, Phoenix Protocol is still very, very useful. There is the other one that you can run with Void. That's probably a it's it's a decent switch from if you were if you were really loving Skull. I forget the name of it. You can basically get increased ability regen off of void kills. And then there's the the Crown of Tempest, which is good for Crucible if you're going to run Ark. Generally, people just love Lunafaction because of what it does. Yeah, Nezarek's, Nezarek's Sin is really good for void builds if you want to kind of bring back how you felt when you were running Skull of the Dire Ahamkara. Because if you just go full void, it can be pretty good from what I've been told by folks in chat. So... Well, and yes, and when I say spoiled, I think people hear that and they and they and they act like I'm accusing everybody of being like a little brat, like spoiled doesn't necessarily have a negative connotation. Spoiled can just mean, man, oh man, this was so much better than the rest of the game. I said that in my initial video today that I truly believe what Menagerie has done. It has exposed the rest of the game for being freaking stingy, super stingy. I'm 750 and I'm running nightfalls and getting blues. I'm running strikes and I'm getting blues. I'm running pubs and dailies and lost sectors and all I'm getting are blues, you know? Like, and when I get purples, they're 730 and not 750. Like, the game is stingy and they got to figure out how to find the right knob. Like, where do you turn the knob? How generous do you want to be? You don't want to invalidate grind and make it so where there is no grind. Like, oh, I ended this strike and I got a thousand weapons, you know? But... I think the dial's been too low and Menagerie exposed that. So when I say spoiled, I don't mean like a brat. I mean like, it spoiled you. It made you, you have been now spoiled and sullied by it. You're going to have a struggle to enjoy the content if it goes back to being one drop per because you got accustomed to a certain amount. And that's, that's, that's another way of looking at it. So the word spoiled doesn't necessarily mean you're some five-year-old demanding cake for breakfast, which you might be that i don't know call me rhino why are people so upset that they have to run something that is finally fun a few times to get stuff that exactly what you want we begged for fun stuff got it and now no one wants to run it see this is a good i think this is a good sort of light to allow it to hit the prism of the conversation and cast some new colors on it because i think people need to remember there are two 
there are two things that should be firing on all cylinders. The activity should be fun and it should be rewarding. If you make it too rewarding, then you kind of ignore the activity and the activity is just a means to an end. Somebody asked this morning, like, Lono, do you miss when we could do like three of coins and like farm majors in a strike for drops? Do you miss glitches like that? And I was like, I don't really want there to be glitches that lead to rewarding paths. I would like really fun content to have a rewarding path baked into it. Does that make sense? Like, I want the content to be fun and rewarding. And I think if content's too rewarding, like if you're ending Menagerie and you're getting six drops, so you're spending as much time, not, not, it's not exactly equal, but you're spending a pretty good amount of time running back and forth farming the chest and then you're blitzing the menagerie in 10 minutes. You gotta be careful that you don't turn content into a, I don't really wanna play the content, just give me the loot. I think both pillars need equal representation in the game, and there's a dangerous, uh, there's a danger of being too rewarding, and you undercut and make the content seem like, I don't even wanna run this, you know? Cause think about what people are saying. Well, I'm not gonna run menagerie anymore. So, they're focused so heavily on the reward, the content's becoming a subtext. And that happens in, in looters. That just happens. When you're farming for a god roll unkept herald in Borderlands 2, you're not coming out of your skin with joy and excitement every time you kill Savage Lee. So that happens, right? The, 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 the game becomes a means to an end, but I think a better balance is when the content's good and the rhythm of how often you have to engage with the content's good and the reward feels like, I'm, I want to run that again. And I think that's what most people would push back and say. But Lono, when I was getting five drops per run, I was loving jumping right back in and running it again. I was grinding it all day. That's good communication to Bungie. You got to find that happy medium where you're not you're not encouraging engagement when you start taking away and going back to like being stingy. You want people to grind menagerie all day. You want us to grind blind well and other activities. You want us in there all day, and the way we stay in there all day is usually because the reward structure is really, really good and feels worth our time. Tiberius, thank you for seven months of subs. Welcome back. I thought it was free. says, when can I get a reliable chalice guide? I put in for an Ostringer and I got a trust. There's a link in chat you can use. You're here all the time. I would have assumed you would have known that. Uh, Taffy, I ran the heroic, heroic menagerie 18 times, farmed the chest five to six per run. Finally got the ship during my last run. That's about a hundred chest opens, meaning Bungie expected me to run heroic a hundred times ish to get the ship. How is that drop rate fair? This again is why I want Bungie to have dialogue with us because while this is anecdotal and somebody could have the exact opposite experience of you, clearly the drop rate on some items is low and drop rate low is okay to then have a a a high a high quantity works well with a low drop rate just stuff you know four or five things awesome four or five things awesome and then finally you get the ship because i tend to agree with you like running it a hundred times just to get the ship doesn't seem like a valuable reward and people would be like well i ran wrath of the machine x number of times before i got the the nano phoenix but did wrath of the machine once you kind of mastered it and finessed it i don't know i just feel like it had a different that content had a different tone than heroic menagerie heroic menagerie is tough and extinguishes on and i feel like getting three or four or as i said five possible rewards on heroic 
I feel like would be a really good compromise because as you're saying you opened it up five to six times per run and I think that's in line with your that's in line with it you know what I'm saying thank you for 23 months rubble that's in line with that kind of a drop rate uh Nervain. the chance to get rampage and outlaw on a decent barrel on a mag perk is one out of 432 once the patch hits it will take an average of 216 runs do you think that this is all reasonable Sergi, thank you for 15 months. I don't know if it's going to take an average of 216 runs. I'm not sure where you're getting that math. Um, unless you're just splitting 432 down the middle, which I, I don't know why you're doing that. But I definitely think that most people look at the last two perks. You're saying, you're, you're combining and saying, oh, you need Rampage Outlaw and a decent barrel and a mag perk. I think most people look for Rampage Outlaw and are probably done right now I'm not saying that justifies their decision I'm just saying your math doesn't really check out for most of the community I think most of the community are looking at a 1 in 36 chance on getting a rampage outlaw combo and then being like I'm good with that right this is why I said 5 to 6 drops is in line with a more diverse perk pool than we presently have because then it would take you a whole lot longer to get even like a rudimentary like, like just a good roll might take you a while but as long as they're dumping loot in your lap six perks on a gun wouldn't be that daunting because right now if the Ostringer had six total perks one drop per is atrociously bad you're never going to get the roll that you want it just isn't going to happen right it'll be a unicorn to get the god roll Ostringer if there were six active perks so that's why I keep saying they need to have a conversation with us. What is the philosophy here? What's, what's your goal with the loot system and the perk system, and how are those two worlds going to coincide? Depot side. Off topic, but do you think the mountaintop quest needs to be nailed, uh, dialed down a bit? I had to cheese it last night because I wasn't making any significant progress. I don't know. Out of the grand scheme of pinnacle weapons, Mountaintop does feel like an outlier as far as quest design. If you look at Recluse, if you look at any other, any of the others, I, I feel like Mountaintop is is, a, is an outlier. And a lot of people are like, well, it's so strong, it should be an outlier. I think it's okay to have pinnacle weapons be maybe not quite as extreme as Mountaintop was. Uh, and it could have been more in line with Recluse and the others. And still been considered a pinnacle weapon grind. I think they swung a little too hard at, at the structure of Mountaintop, but I'm not going to die on that hill. You know, it was a it was a very very good reward. So, Evo says, when people say they will quit this activity when the patch goes live, do you think this will be be put on the back burner and die out? It really depends. I mean, here's the thing. Let's, we have to remember something, okay? By the way, there's only one more question. If you guys have other questions you want to submit, it doesn't have to be about the chess patch. It could be about Destiny 2, Destiny 3, Shadowkeep, Destiny in general, okay? We have to remember something. If you're here right now watching this broadcast or you're listening to this later on on YouTube or the other podcast platforms where I put this content... If you're on the forums, Reddit, or Twitter, and you're and you're engaged in the dialogue about Destiny, you got to remember that you're in the minority. Okay, you're in the minority. Now, we have to consider then 
the majority of the player base never comes into this chat or listens to my content. They never go to Reddit or the forums or Twitter. They don't do that. And that majority of the player base, the question we have to ask, did they know about the glitch? How efficient were they with the glitch? And are they even going to care? Like, they're going to look up some recipe on Google or their friend knows the recipe. They're going to run it. It's going to spit out the gear and they're going to be like, awesome. What'd you get? Oh, I got this. I don't want to speak for the majority of the player base, but I do think there's probably an awful lot of people that are completely out of step. Not out of step. They're not in tune with the dialogue that we're having right now. The question would then be, how aware are they? Like, I remember my friends and I doing the Crota glitch. I wasn't on Twitch. I didn't go to the forums or Reddit. Right? I just, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that a lot of folks are in tune with this. And even if they are, I don't know. Forza is saying, after the boss, three to four people dip and don't farm. I've done matchmaking and had plenty of people do that. He's right. When I've used matchmaking, I've seen plenty of randoms leave. Now, somebody else is saying, I do it with randos all the time and everyone does the glitch, right? So, there are people in both camps, obviously. I'm just curious if the matchmaking funnel is going to get super vacant. Like, how many people are in the matchmaking funnel right now that either can't be bothered to do it, maybe they're more casual and they don't even have enough runes to do the thing that they want. Like, you have to consider that as well. How many people are throwing themselves into matchmaking and they have enough runes to get, like, the one item that they're trying to get? And then they gotta go back to getting more runes. You know? So... We gotta be careful. We don't want to overreact and be like, this game mode is gonna be dead in the water. It's gonna have a dead current. Matchmaking is gonna be vacant. Like, maybe, maybe not. But again, this is why I feel like a really good compromise is just three chests on normal, a potential five on heroic. Casual players that are completely out of step are like, what the frick is this? Three chests? Oh, neat. I can do it three times here at the end. People that were cheesing, it could be like, three's not so bad. I'm going to grab my three. I'm going to get the frick out. You know, and then the, the really hardcore guys would go to heroic and get their five and be glad to have their five. Or if they did what we did today, they did a perfect on one and an imperfect on another. They'd get four total chests. So. So, I, again, we'll just have to wait and see. I would love, I would love for them. If you do a chest after each encounter, Sarge, people would then have a motivation to drag out the encounters and not do a good job. You would basically kill the boss and then just sit and let time run out to get six total chests, which I don't think would be a good way to do it. Nurgle, do you think this will affect the menagerie as a piece of content? I just talked about that. Project 88. Do you think the community response will lead to a more casual approaches from Bungie? Uh, and it's not okay that we don't get a god roll. I never had a god roll. Well, 40 months from Dupless, thank you, man. Not a lot of people can hit for 40 months, Dupe. This is why I ended my talk by saying you need to be empowered to chase god rolls, but also educated on how it works. I really think they're missing a huge opportunity to, like, end the grind and the oh I'm max power now that grind should end with a change in the game there should be a shift in the game you should feel that 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 draw to 
to go in and and oh I'm gonna chase a role. This is what you're oh this guy has this, this this NPC has that. And they just don't do a good job with that presently. There should be a significant shift in the game when you hit max level. And then you do a better job educating and empowering people to chase roles. That's why I think Menagerie, they should have went with the middle ground. Lost to Light. What are your thoughts on the Hush Pinnacle? It's different. Uh, it is different for mouse and keyboard. Oh, is it different for mouse and keyboard versus controller? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know, but I'll say this. It doesn't interest me. I thought it sounded boring and bad. And in the realm of bows, bows are precision weapons. And hip firing to get a crit, to get increased draw time, could potentially be fun. But I don't know if I want to go through the pain to, like, try to figure that out. Right? You look at the when the Wendigo, you look at the you look at the sniper, you look at the recluse, and it's not hard to be like, that's probably gonna be a really good weapon. I don't think a lot of people looked at Mountaintop and thought that's gonna be god tier for DPS, but I think a lot of people look at Pinnacles and they say, that has the potential to be a really good weapon. Right? I look at the hush and I'm just like I don't know. I don't know if it'll be fun or not. Do I want to commit a significant amount of my grind to answering that question? You know, mouse and keyboard is always the best way. Completely false. Not true. That's just not true. Plenty of people actually play better on controller. Controller has benefits. There's aim assist. There's different ways to play where you can leverage how strong controllers are. If you watch people like Drewski and Ogre 2... There are, like, mouse and keyboard being always the best is just too absolutist. I, I think if it's what you're most comfortable with, then yes. But for a lot of people, controller is just more comfortable, and as long as you're not putting yourself... You're, as long as you're not putting yourself in a scenario where mouse and keyboard has an advantage, then I would... I think I think controller works just fine in most of the environments where we're in Destiny. And that's the question. Somebody says, is Hush any good? I don't know. You get increased draw time when you hip fire and get a crit i just don't know like is that is that even worth the grind i just don't think so i just don't i just don't think so i don't want to gamble on it and then we'll find out next season that it's god tier or something rathnontano with four months welcome back gallerborn random question do you think they will ever make an xbox one enhanced or ps pro version where players could lower graphic fidelity to raise frame rate i don't know if game companies ever want to do this because there's there's something about telling your users yeah turn down the graphics right like, oh, turn down the graphics. Why? Why would you want to tell people to do that? You're kind of... Because I think a lot of people don't fully understand what frame rate even is and what, you know, what what graphical fidelity is. So they wouldn't even understand why that they would need to do that. Yo, Classic Xander with eight months. Thank you. Information can be confusing and frustrating to the ignorant. And I don't mean that as a slight. I mean, like... If there are people who are ignorant about how frame rate works in relation to graphical fidelity, textures, and all the like, okay? If they're ignorant about how that works, that information can actually be very damaging to their perception of a video game. They can be like, wait a minute. 
I gotta turn down the graphics? Why would I do that? Why would I make my game look like junk? Oh, that this that this, the game's too weak or the console's too weak? Yes, but you can have a healthy attitude about that. I would worry that people would see that and be like, what the frick? Why? Now, if you had a box that you could check that said, I want increased frame rate, and you didn't really tell them how they achieved it, they might not notice. You gotta understand, a lot of people are gonna look at their television and they're not gonna see a difference between one resolution or another, or how good the textures look or the lighting looks. They're not, they're honestly, but when you tell them that you're doing it, then they're gonna think they notice it, or they're gonna notice it, they're gonna pay more attention. So it's really, that's just a dangerous thing I think to put into games. In PC land, we all get that. We know that. I've been playing since Quake 3 Rocket Arena where I turned textures off and turned, you know, contrast way up so it was easier to see the enemy and frame rate was more solid. Like, dude, when I played Quake 3 Rocket Arena, it looked like garbage. And Quake 3 could look really, really good for the time. I turned all that junk off. No shadows, no nothing. You know? Jodicus. Why do you think Bungie are so against making content with loot that showers you like more than one chest? I've seen them since D1 always want to drop very little with their own time. Well, in D1, I think the philosophy was we don't have a ton of content. We don't have a ton of loot. This is a really easy way to extend the grind. People are going to come back every week and try and get Vault of Glass beaten if they're going for a Vex, if they're going for a Fatebringer. It's a really, really easy way to extend your player engagement. And if you go back in time and you kind of look at what they boasted about in the first 12 months of Destiny 1, a lot of it was average player engagement. Not the number of players that were engaged, but average player engagement was something that they bragged about. And that philosophy still permeates to this day. Now, there's something healthy and okay about that philosophy. You don't want somebody going into the first time they run the raid and be like, here is everything. God roll this, God roll that. Perfect stats here, perfect stats there. Here's everything from the raid. Well, if they do that, then (laughs) they just invalidated the content as quickly as it came out. So there is a balance. There's a delicate balance between saying... If you want the best of the best, you have to keep going and grinding. The question I always have is, how rewarding is it along the journey? And this is why I've said, you know, weapon crafting is terrible. Weapon like trading is terrible because you take the pursuit out of the game. You, and that's why static rolls were so terrible. You either got the Ikelos shotgun or you didn't. There was no pursuit, right? So, when you're chasing a god roll in the Forge, Black Armory, you're getting it every 30 minutes, roughly. Like, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, depending on load screens, how fast you are. On the fast end, 15 minutes. On the slow end, 30 minutes. You know, four times an hour or, you know, two to four times an hour, you're getting that gun to drop. Even if you end a play session and you don't get the exact god roll that you want, you spent that play session experiencing a satisfying emotive state. You're like, I was getting drops. I was getting stuff. I want to try again tomorrow. But if you grind an activity for four hours, two hours, whatever your play session is, and you don't get anything to drop, 
that's when people start to check out. They're like, I'm not even freaking getting anything. That's why weapon crafting is so terrible in a game like this. You're not getting anything. You're just... It was like grinding the 40 games of Gambit for Breakneck. You're just counting down how many materials you need, how many games you need, how many strikes you need. You're just counting down that number. You're not enjoying yourself. You're not excited. There's no thrill. You're just counting down the minutes. It's like punching a time card at a job that you don't like that much. Well, I thought people would play because it's fun. Dude, eventually, you're literally just chasing something and going through the motions. This is why consistent rhythm of drop is important and then balancing that consistent rhythm of drop is also important so you don't get stuff way too fast and you're done with the content too quickly it's a balance DJ Akari we normally only get one chest from each activity however long it is should this be any different than how much time you spent doing escalation protocol for one chest sorry if this has been asked this is I already kind of brought this up. Nobody asked about this, but this is generally I think a vantage point that people need to remember is that this content was super anomalous. It was outside the bell curve. Nothing else in Destiny is this rewarding. Nothing else in Destiny was this intentional, and that's why it needed to be balanced and kept in check. But the community was clearly communicating something to Bungie. We like this. This is good. This is fun. We we are more encouraged to grind, okay? So that's why I think a compromise and a middle ground is more needed than them just patching it. What I, if I was Bungie, this is what I would have said. We're not going to patch it. Have a blast getting as much as you can. In the interim, we're going to try and have an update in, within the next four weeks, within the next month, we're going to try and have an update that's a middle ground where you still feel like you can get a good amount of drops, but it doesn't feel like you're... It doesn't feel absurd or exploitative. That would have been a better conversation. That would have been a better talk. Because then they could have come back and said, here's our analysis, here's the data, here's what the community's doing, here's our thought process and philosophy on loot rhythm and loot reward structure, and that's why we opted to go with this middle ground of X number of chests per run with an increased opportunity of getting extra chests in Heroic. Boom. That, I think, would have been a better way to handle this. Because, man, oh, man, we had such a rough, rough season and season of the Drifter, season of Opulence Lands, everyone singing the praises of the Menagerie, how great the season is, and then we don't want to knock our legs out from under ourselves as soon as we start, you know, we're kind of getting the car moving again. Amish Milkman. Do you think that the game would benefit from a shooting range idea where you could test weapons and rolls and try them out? You could play. Oh, I would love that. Because whenever I get like a shotgun or something, I'm like, I wonder how this would be in this context. I wonder how this would be in this in that context. Going to a shooting range, it would let me like barrel stuff a major, shoot a boss, deal with spam ads, you know, trash mobs or whatever. I think it would be awesome because then I could really truly say this shotgun in some of these strikes and instances is actually really, really good. And if I use it in this way... It's really strong. It's hard to get those measurements and those numbers in the heat of battle. There's people in your public space. There's people in your strike, etc. It's difficult to test those things in a live environment because there's just there's other people around. Six months from Dorkblade, that's a purple badge. And six months from Deeds, two half a year coming in. Thank you for keeping your Prime sub. At a shooting range at the farm. Yeah, you can do that. Coach says, I feel that Season of Opulence hit on a lot of notes. I am also in the same place as everyone else in the hope for the future. What are the strengths that Bungie is doing in uh, is doing going into September that you would say are their weaknesses of their um, of their plan? Love you, brother. Keep being amazing. Thank you. Okay, here's the thing. 
I don't know what their plans are for September, but what they're doing right, I think, is intentionality. More intentionality, the better. Chalice and Ada's bounties, keep doing that. Put that everywhere in the dadgum game. Put it in the NPCs, put it in the raid, put it everywhere. Intentionality is marvelous, okay? Now, beyond that, what they're doing poorly, their weakness right now, is loot philosophy. Why is there no unique and awesome loot in the raid? Oh, the the exotic. Just put the exotic on the shelf for a minute. None of the drops in Scourge, Crown of Sorrow, or Last Wish, none of the legendary drops are really worth it. They're all mediocre or gear and guns you can have matched in the game right now. Their loot philosophy is their weakest point right now. Aspirational content should have aspirational rewards. Okay? So, like, let's imagine something. We can use what I just said as a, as a troubleshooting tool for all content. So, when we come to Reckoning, we look at the gear and we're like, pretty good, some good perks, some good perk combinations. Loot could be better, but it's not bad. Okay, so that's the, that's the loot philosophy question. What about the intentionality question? How's the intentionality in Reckoning? It's freaking terrible. Alright, well, make it better. Any piece of content they come to, those are the two questions they should be asking. What's the loot philosophy behind this loot pool? Is it good? Is it rewarding? Is it strong? Is it in line with how aspirational or challenging the content is? And then number two, how's the intentionality? Are they going to play it for, you know, are they going to get 100 clears and never get the thing that they want? If those two things are your filter process for new content, number one, their loot philosophy is weak. It needs strengthened. They need to own the fact that endgame content and aspirational content should have much better gear. Their intentionality philosophy has gotten significantly better, but then they got to kind of look at Menagerie and ask, what do we think is appropriate given what we know we're doing with the loot pool, the stats, the armor rolls, everything else coming in September. So... If every new activity brings new tier one guns, the power creep will be insane. Well, that's why you have to leave stuff behind. I mean, you just have to. There's only so much they can do with each archetype. What do you want to do every uh, every DLC? Yeah, what do you want to do every DLC? Grind for gear you already have? That just doesn't seem that interesting to me. That's why I think resets could be significantly helpful. You guys still doing the doctor? Alright. <laughs> Uh, El Pinto Loco, do you miss being excited about opening engrams? I kind of miss dislike. I kind of dislike auto decoding engrams. Yeah, I could go either way on this. It's. I think it's. There's. There's two things that are fun. I think getting drops in the wild is fun. So I think getting drops in the wild is fun. I think taking that away is dangerous because that's fun to be like, oh my gosh, I got a blank to drop. But I also think going back with a bunch of engrams to the to the cryptarch was fun too you know i could go with both really or maybe just have both because when you're grinding a nightfall the actual gear the gun dropping from the chest that's a world drop you check it right away i like that and having that in more places is fine but i think there is something different about that mystery of like dude all right we've been grinding all day i love that in destiny you'd grind an activity Bro, I got to go back to the tower. I got like 10 engrams. And you go back to the tower and you pop 10 engrams. So I think you could have both. Um, We had some resubs come in. Nutso with two months, 21 months from Nifty Biscuit, and Juicebox with 20 months. Some big resubs and some primes. Guys, thanks for using your Twitch Prime on my channel. I appreciate that. 
Greater 14. Moments of Triumph will be here soon. What kind of rewards do you think we will get this year for it? Maybe a new exotic tied to it? Do you think we'll get more than a t-shirt? Uh, probably a t-shirt. I don't know if they're gonna... I, I mean, I don't know if they're gonna have... I think they're, people are thinking that they're gonna put the bad juju in like a whisper Outbreak Perfected style mission. So... Loot from Ingram drops aren't good though. The armor doesn't have enhanced weapons or meh. Right, and that's something that they could add. I mean, Milo's making a good point. What if when you ran the raid, there was the chest, but then there were chances for like, like, I don't know what you'd call them. You would call them like elusive engrams or something, and it could turn into a piece of raid gear from the Cryptarch, and it could have a high probability of really good rolls, really you know enhanced perks, curated rolls, whatever. Uh, Twitch Prime resub from Engo. Thank you so much for ten months. Discount Spartan on Pinnacles. Did I read that last question? Yeah, I did. On Pinnacles, especially the Crucible ones, do you think it might be okay for them to have two different names for basically the same weapon with slightly different questline steps, like Broadsword and Claymore, less prestigious name, or like the current Pinnacle Sniper? I just is this is dangerous. I don't mind it being like, if you want this piece of gear, you got to come into this activity. I don't mind that. Um, obviously, I think the Mountaintop's quest line is really out of step with the rest of the Pinnacle quest lines. But other than that, I don't have a problem with you needing to go into Crucible if you want the Recluse or the Lunas. Dave Man, what would be your perfect Pinnacle weapon? I don't really do this. I don't really get into like, this is what I want out of a weapon. I don't do that. Troll Annie. You think Bungie should take a look at the drop rate of the swords in Heroic? At the current drop rate, it's near impossible to get the drop you want unless you get very lucky. 60 Heroic runs in one drop. Well, they should have just made them static roll Pinnacle swords with something unique about each of them. Like I said, make them pinnacle, give them a roll, and make them energy weapons or something because they're tied to the classes. Like, they're tied to Warlock, Titan, and, and, and the Hunter. But, because you see what I'm saying? Because, yeah, you get one in 60 runs and it has a bad roll on it. I mean, you can't even get a great roll on swords. I mean, I guess you want surrounded. So, I, yeah, I think the the loot philosophy, again, this is coming back to something I've said a lot lately. The loot philosophy for aspirational content is terrible. There's no other word to use. The rewards for the raids and heroic menagerie are a joke. There, it's aspirational content. It just doesn't. It doesn't line up. It doesn't. Should be far more rewarding, far more powerful and unique. We're not there yet. They're getting in a better place with loot philosophy, but aspirational content is just still not there. The the the, the motivation to grind and the rewards you get is still not strong enough. Uh, lots of light. Even with the buffs given earlier this season, do you think swords are viable to use in any serious manner? It's just that they seem limited range of damage that they do on top of being power weapons. I think they should cut their ammo reserves in half, lower their damage, and become energy weapons. I'm kind of surprised they haven't done that yet. They feel super out of step being in the heavy slot. Fastback. Will Bungie tweak the pursuit layout? Lono. I have no idea, dude. No idea. I, I wish that they... So, when I look at the pursuits menu... I kind of feel like you could have three columns that scroll up and down. So this, uh, we could have a, a one for bounty, one for quest lines, and then one for items or something like that, right? So you could have those three columns. So I could come over here and just bing, 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 and like scroll down through my bounties. I also think if I hit like this button here and I and it puts the most recent thing at the top, that should be saved. So if I click on the pursuits page and I come to this, this, this one here is bounties and I click 
toggle and say, you know, put the newest at the top. It should always be like that, right? Same thing with quests. Because sometimes you just end up with junk in your inventory. You're like, I don't really give a frick about the mysterious box. I'm not working on that now. You would come to your quest line items. You'd click the button and then you'd have like, maybe you're working on this one, scrap a paper quest line, you know, to get the, the, the truth. And then it'd always be at the top. So I think three columns, one for bounties, one for quests, one for items. And then if you can, if you can check or hit the little button, the, the, the sorting button to say, I want newest at the top. And if it would were to save that, I think people would complain a whole lot less about the pursuits tab. If they went with that, that design structure for the UI. Gallerborn, would you prefer to see them bring back all the year one weapons and armor with random rolls in September or just one new set for each activity? I would love for it to all come back, make it dope, maybe put some ornaments on there, put some dope rolls on there, maybe put specific perks and benefits for where they come from, and then have a loadout system, and maybe have the gear trickle back in, not all at once. That's what I would like to see. Evil the Waffler, off topic, but is there any chance we could go back to how D1 was with weapons and Shadow Keep launches? I don't know. I really want to go to primary, secondary, and heavy. I really think going back to elemental primaries is would be great for the game. It wouldn't hurt anything. It would simplify the weapon system. You could really start to beef up fusions and other items that feel too weak because you'd have everything in the secondary slot. The, the, the weapon system is confused as frick right now. There's a handful of secondaries that can go into the kinetic slot, and there's a junk ton of elemental primaries that I think just get ignored that I would love to use, but I just I hate having to run such like oh you're gonna run recluse and there's like a couple kinetic options that make sense for pve i just go back to primary secondary and heavy for frick's sake and give us elemental primaries Uh, elemental primers don't they don't do anything anymore right whoop whoop from day x doom thanks for 12 months that's a red badge like when i run an elemental primary build right now i don't feel like i'm breaking the game I don't. I'm like, oh, I'm running Recluse, man. Holy frick, this content's easy. Oh, I'm running the Trust. Oh, I'm running the the horror the horrors least. Oh, dude, this game is so easy now. Elemental primaries don't invalidate anything. All they do is pop shields. That's it. Like, let's go back. Let's go back. I'm gonna keep banging on that drum because I think it's I think it's superior and better. So, with elemental primaries, would you remove the kinetic headshot multiplier? No. It should just, a primary weapon should get a headshot multiplier because it's a primary weapon. And most of the time you're shooting it, you're popping heads. Getting the ability to take like my Warden's Law and make it arc and I can periodically pop an arc shield. Ooh, you better be careful. You're making me too strong. For frick's sake, like it wouldn't hurt anything. It doesn't, they just go back. Just go back. It's better. It's a more sensible system. And then if you have fusions, snipers, shotguns, and I think swords all in the secondary slot, then you can all buff them and make them function in a, in a way that makes more sense. They're all over the place. So it's like difficult to be like, how strong should we make snipers? How strong should we make shotguns? Because they're in both categories. It's just weird. It just, it was the illusion of freedom. You can, you can put on three shotguns if you want. Look, I love Josh Hamrick, and I kind of miss him, but that was just an illusion of freedom. That wasn't true freedom. Three shotguns, number one, who the frick's going to do that? Number two, it just doesn't make any sense to have the weapons in the spots that they're in right now. It's confusing and muddled. And you have an overwhelming amount of energy primaries, and you don't have an equal representation of secondaries in the kinetic slot. It's dissonant. 
and it needs to be fixed and unified and simplified. JSTOCK with 37 months, welcome back. Knights 685. Sorry, joining late. What are the uh, what about an extra chance at the menagerie chest if meeting a challenge in a room unlocked clear fast enough? Yeah, you missed my talk. So I said normal mode since it's match made should just be three chests at the end. Heroic, if you do certain things, you could have a total of two extra chests on top of the three. So five possible in heroic, guaranteed three in normal. Because as soon as you fail a challenge or don't do whatever needs to be done in normal, people would just leave. They'd be like, oh, these guys suck, and they'd bounce. But if, you're, if you go back to the can't fail it, it's rewarding, match make it, have fun, get your stuff, don't worry about running it perfect or running a challenge, then that would keep people in and not have people quitting. Because that's what would happen. To play the devil's advocate, says Finn, at least they swung and they tried. It is better than year one. I don't think that's devil's advocate. I think you're giving them, I don't think you're giving them a pass, Finn, but it feels like you're giving them a pass. The weapon system in Destiny 2 Vanilla was so dadgum bad, they could have done the most minute change and it would have felt like a breath of fresh air. Like being in a hot room and someone turns a fan on and you're like, whew, that feels so much better. But if they really were to make things better, they'd turn the air conditioning on, they'd close the blinds to keep the sunlight out, right? Like, you're going in a room that everyone's baking and uncomfortable and it's like, well, yeah, you put a box fan in the room and it feels cooler now, but wouldn't it be better to shut the blinds and turn on the air conditioning? Like, I think they can go way higher. It just felt good. Initially, we loved it. I couldn't believe, like, I put a shotgun on in the secondary slot and I was like, oh my gosh, I can barrel stuff majors and captains again. We ran Leviathan and I was like cussing out the bathers. I was like, suck it like I love that feeling and I think it it felt so refreshing that we didn't really see until a couple of months later we're like this isn't actually a huge improvement it's an improvement the the reason it felt like a huge improvement is because we came so far up out of the gutter like the weapon system in D2 vanilla was just atrocious so I am very glad I am very glad that they brought things forward but keep carrying that bar forward take it further down down the uh, down there take it further down the field uh, JD Gamer hey Lono do you think we will see a return in a faction rally I would love faction rally to come back dude I love the art I love the aesthetics I love the extra grind I love the extra things to do um, I think I, I think it could be really really good um, rising storm why should we even grind for weapons that we functionally already have when we don't even have the ammo to use any of them? Because I swear the ammo economy is absolutely atrocious in this game. Okay, I mean, we can have a separate discussion about ammo economy. It does need address. It is pretty inconsistent, but that doesn't really have any bearing on lateral upgrades, like grinding for a shotgun or a hand cannon that you kind of already have. Those aren't, those aren't related. These are, these are not connected uh, topics. So I would say two answers number one yes better and newer perks so when i grind for a gun it doesn't feel like a lateral upgrade i feel like i'm using a hand cannon that sure it's as strong as like let's say right now i love my awstringer and i grind for a hand cannon in september that's basically as strong as the awstringer but because it's got new perks and a whole new system on it it feels different it feels newer and fresh it doesn't just feel like well this is basically an awstringer you know it's rampage outlaw you know because that's essentially what we end up landing on is 
lateral upgrades I think would be better received if the guns themselves looked and felt a whole lot different because of the perk system instead of the lateral upgrade being basically the name and the look of the gun is all that's really changing so ammo economy is fine (laughs) no it is not it is insanely inconsistent I can go from having six heavy bricks on the ground to not seeing a heavy brick for like 30 minutes that is not fine there is something there is something wrong and they've they've put a band-aid on it with the you know the banners because you know the way they set up the encounters and I actually love that band-aid it's probably the best band-aid that ever come up with it was actually an idea that myself I had it and then Tefty had it a lot of us were saying because we functionally did that in Kingsfall we would do ammo runs like what the frick is an ammo run right so Nova hands would you like to see arms day return it was semi-intentional content loop that gave us something to look forward to on Wednesdays I would rather arms week come out since we that got data mined and it's never landed in the game that was data mined on some catalysts um that was data mined and nothing ever came of it I would love an arms week to come where I pledge allegiance to Suros and I do stuff for Suros all week and there's some crazy dope Suros gun that I can get at the end of the week and I'm getting Suros shaders and armor and guns that whole week you know do that with Hake and Suros and Amalon. That'd be awesome. Have the weapon manufacturers show up to the to the uh, to the tower. I would freaking love that. Donivino. For the menagerie, would you think a loot list could be added to make rune configuration easier? Hey, it's not that hard, my man. You highlight on the first, you see what item you're gonna go for, and then you just gotta memorize the recipes. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that's an issue that needs addressed because I don't think it is that seems pretty niche pretty narrow come on Donnie Vino it ain't that hard uh, the inquiry would ammo sense come back uh, solve the ammo economy problems no that's a punt and I don't want ammo sense to come back if it's a shooter feed me ammo it's that simple I'm not going to my freaking menu or putting a banner on the ground feed me ammo it's a shooter like I Oh, there's no ammo on the ground. I guess I'll use my fists. It's a shooter, man. Put put ammo in the game. Put ammo on the ground. Don't I, go to my menu on console to get ammo back. Get the frick out of here. Immersion and play flow disrupting and unnecessary. Uh, Done 68. How do you feel about the overwhelming amount of negative feedback that Bungie is getting on Reddit? Do you think that they deserve it? I think that anytime you are making a change and you're getting negative criticism and feedback Bungie is is smart enough to know that that is valuable information they're not going to go pout in a corner and be like eh reddit's being mean to us Man, they've been around the block they know what that means okay they are striking a nerve with the community an engaged passionate player base is an enormous feather in your cap so if that passionate player base is going to reddit and forums to be like this is awesome or this is stupid why are you doing this in both scenarios, that information is valuable, and that's why I think a compromise is a far better approach to this scenario. It's a far better approach. Because you acknowledge, A, we hear you, we see what you're doing, we don't want to take this away, but it's a little bit too much. Here's three guaranteed on normal, a potential five on heroic. We want you to still have fun and get your rewards, just not to absurd levels. And we also don't want people playing content in ways that it's not designed for. You want someone running content as it's designed, not diverging from design to get reward. That's bad. That's silly. 
Because when somebody asked me this morning, like, do you miss the glitches? No, I, d- make the content rewarding. I don't want to run a glitch or an exploit. I don't want to run back and forth in some hallway to get rewarded. Just put chests there, right? Just put some chests there. So then I'm like, this content's awesome. And then when new content comes out, I'm not like scouring Reddit and YouTube and Twitter and like running into a wall and jumping up in the air and killing myself and wiping or running down a hallway. I'm just running the content and getting rewards. Like that's just how it should be. Those, those two cylinders should be firing in tandem with each other. Really, really fun, grindable, really, really rewarding. I feel like I'm being respected. Boom, 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 boom. It should just be firing like that instead of like, it's pretty fun to grind. And then I go and do this thing and I run down this hallway when the name changes then I run back when I run back I pop it if I go fast enough I can get it and if I pop it at this time and I put this thing in my chalice I can actually squeeze out maybe a 7th or 8th run eh, just make the content rewarding and structure in a way that gives that feedback to the player you don't gotta go do weird stuff just play the game and we're gonna reward you that player feedback's better than fi- players should never feel like think about what we're what we're talking about Players felt the need to find a loophole and then leverage that loophole. What does that say? It says that the content isn't fully arrived yet. They're still being stingy. Now, someone's like, well, this is the best rewarding loot path. Even if you get one gun every menagerie, it's still way more rewarding than nightfalls and raids and any traditional loot pursuit in all of Destiny. Okay, I'll grant your point. I made that point myself. I think that context is helpful when people are going overboard and be like, I'm never running this again, right? That context is helpful, but that doesn't mean that's ideal. Being stingy isn't ideal. It's only ideal in a scenario where you're farming for like maybe an exotic or something that once you have it, you're kind of done with the farm. Momoheim says, do you think they should put Gambit Prime weapons into the chalice pool? Right now, it's hard to get them. I think that loot pools should stay where they are and pathways should be created to get the stuff whether it's reckoning or prime just put bounties at drifter for frick's sake and be done with it like give me an intentionality there so i can go for the doomsday grenade launcher because i want one i i you better freaking believe i ain't grinding reckoning until they do that and nobody should nobody should but you shouldn't start blending loot pools because that muddies it i just the chalice is not like our savior like can we take the raid loot pool and iron banner and shove it in the chalice no like the loot pool staying in their context is fine create a pathway in that game iron banner too like create create intentional grinding pathways within that content don't start dragging loot into other pools jd gamer do you think Bungie will do what they did with the Leviathan raids with Last Wish and Scourge and Crown of Sorrow when it comes to raids dropping low like you're not being useful? This is another question for Bungie. What's your philosophy with raids? Because you brought Age of Triumph, you brought all the raids back. And right now you have Leviathan and two layers, okay? Leviathan and two layers. Then you have Last Wish. I'm not good at this. I can't do three. And then you have Scourge and Crown of Sorrows. So what is that? Is that six is that six raid activities now in Destiny 2? That's a lot. So even if you subtract the layers, that's four. Is that four full raids? Leviathan? No, there's only two full raids. Leviathan and Last Wish. That's it. And then you have two mini raids. Scourge. You have Scourge and you have Crown of Sorrow. They're mini raids. And then you have two layers. Because Eater of Worlds and Spire of Stars don't feel as substantive and as raid-esque as Scourge and 
crown of sorrow there's like there's like a there's like three tiers right there's layers there's mini raids and then there's full-on raids so two full raids two mini raids two raid layers six total raid activities so i don't know what their plan is that's a lot of great content that they could give the age of triumph treatment and i think people would be excited about that Evil the Waffler. Bungie said there will be more MMO next season, and it makes me think more stuff like Iron Banner Quest, which isn't more content, but longer quest, to me is not fun. What do you think they mean, or do you agree with me? I don't necessarily think the fact that they want to embrace MMO, that they're going to do more Iron Banner quests like that. I, I don't think so. That felt patchwork. That felt reactionary. I wouldn't be concerned about that. I think Bungie's pretty smart. I think Bungie saw the overwhelming response to the Iron Banner quest wasn't positive. I would not expect a repeat of that. So I, 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 I don't work there, have inside information. I just kind of got a, a decent bead on how Bungie thinks. And I don't see them doing, doing that. So, all right. I am going to end the Q&A there. We're going to keep streaming. If you're here live right now and you enjoy this content in this segment, stick around, click the follow button. That's a free and easy way to support me. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, watching on Spotify, uh, I'm sorry, watching on YouTube, you can always uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the like button, or catch me live at twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.